Walkie legend, kill blacks. Welcome to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. I am one of your trio of co-hosts, Chris 414 Lepo. With me, as always, are my partners in crime, my brothers from another mother, Mark Helio Logic Atkins. Yes, sir. And Richie Dub Bears Dunnell. What up, what up? Fellas, it's here. I know we're feeling it, right? Because the draft is here, and many of us are, on, are going to be on our way to the draft in the next couple of days here. So it seems only fitting that we may take this time to do our NFL draft preview episode. All right, guys, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. We're not going to dive too deep in. Seven rounds is a deep draft. We will be on a couple of different podcasts, talking the draft as well as recording a wrap-up after our attendance at the draft this year uh in case the nfl is listening please have our table set up uh l only drinks avion water um and richie must have chicken wings fellas instead of having us go blow by slow through our top 10 or 20 minutes on what it's going to do i've got here with me the sports illustrated's pick of the top 10 and i thought we could we'd compare ourselves to the to the so-called pros right Let's we'll go. see we'll Let's see if we it. agree with what they're saying here and in their draft episode guys and i said it before i kind of felt like the consensus wanted two picks we're going to be hutchinson and thibodeau and i and you guys immediately jumped out you're like hit the record button before i, ha- I go us all right they have number one Jaguars pick it up Hutchinson. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one of the reasons why me and Richie said hit it because, you know, one of the things that's really been hot in the last couple of days is just been Walker, Javon Walker. Um, I mean, it's, he's a freak. Um, I think Richie kind of alluded to it earlier, even just he was wondering why Aiden Hutchinson was always considered the number one draft pick. Um, but I, I, I think when I when you think of Hutchinson, you kind of just think of that, that that kid that's been playing football since he's been two, you know. <laughs> but at the same time, you think of Walker, you just think of a, a beast, man, a mammoth, just an animal, like, you know, with just, just vengeance. So I think uh, now people are really starting to kind of go back to what originally, even before like the season started, there was, there was, you know, the, the whisper that Walker was going to be, you know, the number one draft pick. So, you know, if I was thinking anything, I think I'd lean towards Walker. How about you, Rich? Well, so it's a, uh, it's interesting because Walker has only nine and a half career sacks, which is not a lot for somebody who's talked about as being the top pick. Um, what they've talked about is his ability to be flexible when it comes to the run defense, uh, his ability to play inside outside. Um, he, he wasn't needed to be that guy because Georgia's defense was so elite that they essentially just said, Hey man, just go out there and do your job because we have other guys. And so that that's what he did. And so he didn't get the limelight. He didn't get the numbers. Uh, but obviously there's some talent there. There's some raw ability there that we saw at the combine. And it was kind of funny because I knew I, in my head, I went, 
Oh, I can't wait to tell Markelio this because it's going to be so funny. And so I'm at practice today and I'm talking to my defense coordinator and the only days, the only day that he uh, would take off of work, he was also a high school teacher was the NFL draft. That was the only day because the draft used to be like on a Wednesday and it would be like all day, right? Before the NFL draft became what it was. So he would take off work and, you know, watch all seven rounds. And so we're on the field and he's like, you know, he's like, my eyes hurt, had cataract surgery, the whole nine. He's like, my eyes hurt. I was up late doing the, the, the draft simulators, you know, just pretending I was this team and this team and what I would do and blah, blah, blah. And so we get to talking about, you know, what Jacksonville's going to do. And on Twitter this morning, I saw that there's apparently a civil war going on right now that the general manager, Trent Balky is big on Walker and the owner Shad Khan is big on Hutchinson. And so that's obviously something that they're going to have to figure out in the next few days. And my D coordinator looks at me and he goes, I really don't understand the hype on Walker. I said, okay, well, explain it to me. He goes, I don't get it because I think he's Rashawn Gary. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Somebody was, somebody had to say it. Well, I think he's a late uh, beast, baby, he but he doesn't show up here. on the field. I, I, you know, it's funny it just, to say it, that, it, though. But I think it just kind of plays more into where Jacksonville might be looking at more of an athlete that plays in space better. Well, and, 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 and so that's just it. And, like, it's – it's uh, uh, the number one argument that I always get into with people or a disagreement, I should say, not really argument is like, we look at the draft and I watch the, you know, Chris, you alluded to the, the experts, right? These people that, that write the articles and make the predictions. And it, for me, the biggest thing is they just think that, well, this guy's a really good athlete, so he should be able to stand up and play in space. Well, they, not necessarily. I mean, this is a guy who, on an elite defense, he had his hand in the dirt. He played on the line. He uses his strength to his advantage to, to keep offensive linemen where he wants them to be able to control, see, make moves. And that's what made him uh, so great was because he's able to control the run game. He wasn't an elite pass rusher. Rashawn Gary had, what, I think three sacks the year that he uh, declared as a, as a junior to come to the pros Gary had nine and a half it's taken some time for him to, to stay on the field all you know whatever reason and so I know you and and a friend of ours Cooper have have high hopes for Gary um on, until he hits that 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 double digit number of sacks I I, I don't know that I that I particularly have have boarded that train Gary was the guy that I thought was going to be a bust when he, when he came out in the draft. Uh, Absolutely agree with that. The fact too. that the Packers drafted him, I was super ecstatic. Uh, <laughs> I'm about reason. to say, if Richie is ever happy man, about, about the Packers pick, Gary we're in trouble. Down, man. And so, be, but but I mean, but but the, the next uh, but, <laughs> but but to that though, just because there's some comparison, doesn't necessarily make- mean that the outcome is going to be the same, right? Because I, I don't know, you know, when you look at Hutchinson, there's a lot of Bosa talk. And, and I don't necessarily, and, and as Marquilla, as you alluded to, I was never really sold on Hutchinson being that guy. Whereas when I look at Nick 
and Joey Bosa. I, to me, I could have made an argument that both of them should have went number one in their respective classes because I thought they were that level of a talent. I don't see that in Hutchinson, you know? And, and so it's, it'll be interesting to see how Thursday plays out because this, this, is, uh, it, this is like the defensive end version of Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers. Like, you know, if Quay ends up going, or if, yeah, if, if Walker ends up going number one, you know, how far does Hutchinson fall? If, if Hutchinson goes, possibly, you know, maybe two, you know, but what is Detroit going to do? They run, they run a forefront. Do they, are they going to go Thibodeau instead? You know, who's used to a forefront? Um, you know, text, the Texans are talking O-line. So, I mean, Hutchinson could slip a little bit and vice versa. If Hutchinson goes one, how far does Walker fall? Do you see Walker as a defensive end? Do you see Walker as a, a guy who can play in space? These are all things that that we as fans, as you know, media people, we don't know because we, you know, we we can only wait and see how it translates to the playbook, how it translates on the field, how it translates to the IQ, the natural body movements, you know. Yeah. And so yeah. it'll be interesting I, I don't, to but see. I also feel like if you if you if you do pass on Hutchinson, uh, you know, the first pick, you, you, it's almost you gotta go with him, man. The second pick, honestly, I'm falling any farther. Well, and, you know, and, you know he, schematics because it's just that 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 football player. Um, I think there there it's one and two. Walker and Hudson, I think it's still going to be one and two. And, and and it's crazy because you know, um, you know, Chris, you, you had started with the idea of Hutchinson and Thibodeau, and and to me, like Thibodeau. The talk about Thibodeau right now from, you know, people who write articles is very similar to the stuff that you heard about Jadavian Clowney. Is he motivated? Does he have the work ethic? Is he thinking other things besides football? Is he going to give 100% all the time? Is he going to take place? That was all the same stuff they said about, about uh, Clowney and how naturally gifted he was. And so there was really no reason to work hard. Um, and so Thibodeau's kind of in that same boat. And so realistically, any of these three guys could really end up anywhere in those three picks. And yet I see, we see Thibodeau going more so in a place like, like the Jets, man. I, I see him going well, maybe four. All right. Well, let, let's, let's continue moving down the line here, right? So Sports Illustrated has Jaguars going with Hutchinson from out of Michigan. They have at number two, Thibodeau going to the Lions. All right, Thibodeau out of Oregon there. And then they have the Texans picking Kyle I Hamilton. Came. Ooh. Interesting. No, Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame. I think he's going to be – I think he's going to fall. I about to say, I can't imagine after the fire sale that the Texans right. have had Right. I mean, they're in full rebuild mode. Do you really go? Do you really spend a third round pick on a safety? Well, is he, I mean, that's I mean, a name that's been like thrown around. That's like one of the hottest names. Him and like Jermaine Johnson are, are like names that, yeah, yeah. That so you've been J- hearing a lot lately. Jermaine Johnson's going to go higher than a lot of people thought. He was a hot name coming into the year. He had a good year. He had a really good year, but Florida State was awful. And so that kind of hurt his stock a little bit. Um, but Hamilton, Hamilton got hurt, which is going to hurt him because he ran like he ran a slow 40 time 
He ran four five at the draft. He ran four seven at his pro day, but he's six four. He's two twenty. He plays an over the top safety with elite ball skills, elite IQ, and so wherever he ends up, it, it, it's gonna be uh, an interesting spot because he he is he's basically a big Ed Reed. I mean, he really, I mean, that's the type of ability he has um, in terms that's of that a big old, comparison, man. That's I mean, a big comparison. I mean, comparison, you, you man. watch his Notre Dame film and you just go, how does this guy make that play? Like, because you don't expect him to necessarily get there. And, and Ed Reed um, is probably the best of the best when it comes to over the top ball skills. And, right. and that's how good Hamilton can be. Um you know, but it, it's interesting to because I don't know that, like you said, Chris, I think they have to be able to, to protect David Mills. I think they found something in David Mills, um, you know, to, to be able to move forward with him at quarterback, but you got to protect him. Laramie Tunsil's one guy. You, you got to find a way. And I think the I think they'll end up going with the kid out of NC State, um, the left tackle as the first one off the board. And, and this this tackle class. You could see as many go in the first round potentially as you could receivers, and they're talking seven receivers in the first round. Well, and talking of that infamous offensive tackle out of NC State, at number four, they have the Jets picking Akeem. I would probably flip-flop those, Hamilton and Flip-flop those? Yeah. And I, I could probably... see the Jets going safety. I, yeah, especially I... with Selah, you know, trying to get guys in that are going to fit his system. Um, right. You know, and, and as we all know, we, we've all watched the 49ers defense over the better part of the last decade, or not decade, but five years, and, and that's his defense, you know. And so, um, yeah, I, if he can get his guys in there, the Jets could be for a quick turnaround here, especially with the AFC East being kind of – They could keep Zach Wilson on his feet. He might get something done, right? Yeah, yeah. L, what about if they got? What about what about if the Jets got Stingley? Stingley, yeah. I I don't know. Like he's so tough. It's so tough to figure out where he's going. I feel go. like he might go there, like the Seahawks, kind of like in that area. You know. Yeah, I. It's hard because he hasn't been healthy for two years, and but when he was a freshman, he was the best player in college football. He didn't. He didn't. He didn't win the Heisman well, because guys, cor- guys, because he, corners he did, don't. He's in their top ten. We'll get to him. All right, <laughs> number five. All right, number five. The Giants pick. Sports Illustrated has Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. Can't be mad at that. I about yeah, to say that. You... That I about to say that seems about par. I mean, I don't know who's the who's the Giants quarterback now. Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones still. All right. Well. Uh, yeah. All you right. Think, so you, we, five, we agree with. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, they have to, you know, Andrew Thomas. Neil is probably playing. the best player on the board at that time. You know, Neil could possibly. Uh, well, and, and, and regardless of position, if you just look at talent, I mean, uh, Neil, Neil, Ikeem and Hamilton might be the top three players. Um, when you look at the draft board come that first night, you know, yeah, I, agree. I don't, I don't right. know if Hutchinson yeah. and, and Walker are going to be the top ranked players on the board. Or, or consider prospects, not based off of, you know, projection or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Giants, Andrew Thomas played strong towards the end of the year. But, you know, as as we both know, you need to have a good offensive line if you're going to win in the NFL. And, um, you know, having a guy like Brian Dabble will come in and take over, you know, Buffalo won because they could protect Josh Allen. 
And so I right. expect Dabble to to make some immediate changes to try Neil to make them more. Neil might even go before that, though. Now that I think Neil, yeah. yeah, Neil could. He could. He could end up in Houston yeah. um, if Ikeem doesn't. You know, exactly. Right. Yeah, there could be a lot of movement up there. Uh, pick six to the Panthers. Uh, Sports Illustrated has, has them taking Malik Willis, the quarterback out of Liberty. I like you it. Th- you think Willis goes in the top six? I don't. I don't think a quarterback goes in the top fifteen. I think. Yeah, it, that's my struggle. Here's my thing. Here's I and I don't. I don't know that it's going to happen, but here's my thought process on it. Matt Rule is going into a year where he needs to save his job. Christian McCaffrey cannot be counted on, right? So you have Darnold coming in as the incumbent starter. Malik Willis probably has the best tools of any quarterback in this class. He's my favorite quarterback in this class. Right. There's with, no with, doubt that he's probably the best quarterback. In class. Well, it, you know, it, it can it, it can go back and forth. I mean, it kind of depends on what quarterback you're looking at um, between him and Pickett. But, well, you know. Right. And right, so, and right, so right. Rule, Rule actually recruited Pickett to Temple. Um, Pickett left and went to Pitt when Rule went to Baylor. Um, and so there's some familiarity there. But from raw tools, from, from for me, when you look at the arm strength, when you look at the ability to move the pocket, when you look at the ability to make things happen when things break down, because Carolina's offense is absolutely atrocious, Willis fits with what you're going to need. And with that, I look at the situation where, okay, you have Darnold. We all know what Darnold can do. We know Darnold is not going to be a winner in this league. Um, another guy who had big tools coming out of college just didn't work out. And so Willis if you, if you take Willis and you let him sit and you know, you, you, you're going down, you're going down, you suck. Cause that's probably what I would imagine the three of us expect Carolina to do. And you find, you get the chance where you insert him. I think rule will buy himself another year. And, and at this point to him, that's, that's what he's trying to do is keep his job. Right. And so if he's able to draft Willis, get some development, and then play him, he can say, hey, we have this kid. This is what he is showing us. This is what we're trying to do. We have our guy. He's shown us enough to say that he's been our guy. Give me another year. And he may get it. He may not. But at this point, rules coaching to keep his job and drafting a quarterback might be the way to do that. Yeah, and even at this at, at this juncture, um, he can always kind of use that excuse that he's, you know, he's developing that Correct. talent. Correct. So, yeah, I, think I, I I agree with that. Um, I was kind of up in the air originally because I'm thinking, like, they need an offensive tackle. I was going to say, Charles just... Cross wouldn't be a bad choice. Yeah, yeah if, exactly. if If Neil and uh, uh, Ikem are both gone. Yeah, because, I mean, it just it kind of just solidifies the fact that you're at least investing in some effort to try to protect your quarterback and, you know, right. kind of – get an ideal out there and you still do have players like McCaffrey. So, I mean, you know, still potential out there, but who knows? This is a draft of who knows that it is. (laughs) All right, guys, let's move on then to pick number seven here. Sports Illustrated has the Giants selecting Derek Stingler Jr. uh, for the cornerback out of LSU. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny that, that that name comes up, but you know it's it's weird because it's always kind of been rumored that this was going to be Sauce Gardner's spot. 
you know what I mean? So, um, but Staley's one of those one of those people, one of those hot names that that kind of comes around around this time, and you're just you're wondering. Um, but I, I I still lean towards Sauce. I f- I feel like Sauce in New York it just only makes sense to me, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, that's where he needs to be, man. He needs to be in the NY. My biggest fear is that Stingley makes it to pick 12. Pick 12 is Minnesota. <laughs> is, is Minnesota. Is it? Because this kid, when healthy, is the best player in this draft. And, it, and I don't know that it's close. When he was a freshman, he was the best player in college football. He didn't win the Heisman because he's a corner. He arguably was better than Joe Burrow, who threw 50 touchdown passes and won them a national championship. This kid is is that the only comparison that you can make about the type of potential this kid has, if he can stay healthy and do what he does, is Charles Woodson. And the way that Woodson was able to completely transcend the then Oakland Raiders and what they were able to do and eventually getting them to a Super Bowl, that they got absolutely demolished. But Woodson was a transcendent player because of his ability to play inside, his ability to play outside, his ability to come off the edge, his ability to be physical, but also his ability to create turnovers. That's who Stingley is when he's healthy. We don't know how healthy he is. We don't know when he's going to be able to play. You know, is he going to be ready the start of his rookie year? So it's hard. But I swear... I swear that I hope Stingley is gone by the time Minnesota picks because what will happen is Minnesota will pick him and he'll just become this dude that's going to fucking live in our nightmares for the next 10 years and that I don't want to see twice a year. You know, well, the rumor is, though, that they're looking at Icky Iguano. And I, and I think, you know, that that's a potential who is, there. That who is? The Giants. Oh, he'll be he'll they'll have to take him with their first pick because he'll be gone. And that's who that's who the he won't the, make it to he won't make it to right. seven. There's not he won't make it to seven. No. All right. Number eight, your number two pick or possible number one, Trayvon Walker, the edge out of Georgia. Uh, they the sports is that the Falcons has them drop it all the way to eight to the Falcons. I don't. I, this is where I can, I see the first receiver going here, because right now they have nothing. I mean, Atlanta's got absolutely nothing. They got rid yeah. of Matt Ryan. Julio's gone. I mean, what you're gonna what hand? You're gonna have Cordell Patterson play quarterback, receiver, and running back. I mean, what seriously? What do you, <laughs> I mean, what are you gonna? I mean, what are you gonna do? I mean, you have, I mean Chrissy Lat. Like uh, I'm trying. No, I mean, dude, it's right. <laughs> I mean, I get it, dude. You know, I mean that's. <laughs> You have to say it because absolutely, I'm I'm trying to put together what's left of the Falcons team together hey, in my well, head. Let me put it this way: actually, this actually, and uh, you know because Ridley screwed me. In fantasy I, I was gonna say uh, Chris Leopold's fantasy blunder, uh, Riley Ridley. Uh, dude, not do my one, two, and three picks in the draft last year got injured or did not play 80% of the year. Like that is the fact that I even made the playoffs was a small miracle based on that fact alone. 
Shelby, anybody else in our fantasy league who lost their first three draft picks? <laughs> yeah, it just, I, I don't know. I mean, and again, this is another interesting spot because the same way you talk about Stingley possibly being the best player in the draft as a whole, you look at somebody like Drake London, who is absolutely, I mean, he had, he had over a thousand yards. He had almost 90 catches in, I think, seven games, eight games before he broke his foot. Um, he, he was a dual sport athlete where he played basketball and football in college. And he, he just has that natural ability. And at six, four, six, five, he has the size. Um, we haven't seen him run in a while because he broke his foot. He had surgery. He didn't compete at the combine. Uh, he did have his pro day, which they said he looks good. Uh, but you know, anybody oh, you looks, pick him over Wilson at that moment? Is, is Wilson? I, I think, I think so right now, because when you look at who, because I look at it from a defensive standpoint. Okay. They are going to, so they have pits, right. And Pitts is going to run the middle of the field. That to me is where Wilson is at his best when he's running crossing routes where he's able to manipulate the route tree to, to get himself open. Cause I think he's that special of a route runner and to be able to create in the open field. I think when you add a guy like London, London takes some of those guys away and it opens up pits more so, you know, versus somebody like Wilson, because when you get into the red zone and you go, okay, are they going to throw to pits? Are they going to throw to London? Who are they going to throw the ball to? You got to pick one. Because you're not gonna, you're not able to really blanket them both. Defenses just aren't schemed that way. Um, and with having the size, and you have someone like Mariota, Mariota, you can move the pocket a little bit and try to push the ball down the field to a bigger target. Uh, Wilson is closer to six foot. You know, London being six five, six four, six five, gives you an, an a level of element that you don't get with Wilson. I love Wilson. I think Wilson's going to be an All Pro receiver. Uh, but I just think London gives you uh, an element of, of football that Wilson can't. Well, and, and, uh, it's, and it's just something, the way they're born. I mean, nothing that they can control. I tell you this, I hope a wide receiver doesn't go that early because that means that we're going to have more wide receivers to pick from when it comes to It ain't going to happen. Because I feel like once the wide receivers start coming off the board, they're going to start coming off the board. Yeah. And that's when you, certain transactions are going to start happening in yeah. trades. You, you guys won't start get getting in, nervous. Unless you trade up, you won't get one of the tier all one right, receivers. All right. Hold on. Hold on. We'll, we'll get there, gentlemen. All right. Pick number nine, the Seattle Seahawks, um, the pick via trade. And it looks like Sports Illustrated has them picking Charles Cross, the offensive tackle out of Mississippi State. You said that's Seattle? Yeah. I mean, that's what they need. They've needed offensive line since the dawn of time. It feels like since Walter Jones retired, they just, Russell they've Wilson always, it's Miami. always been, Seattle needs an offensive lineman, but they've yeah. picked in the better part, you know, they've picked, 32, 31, 30, 29 for the better part of the last decade. So they haven't been able to get one of those top tier guys. This will give them the chance to do that. Um, I think this could also be uh, a spot for a guy that Marcilio brought up. I, I wouldn't put it past Sauce Gardner going here to Seattle. He fits that mold of what Pete Carroll likes. It doesn't seem as if Pete Carroll's going anywhere anytime soon. Uh, we'll see. You know, I think the only way they kind of get him out is forced retirement um if if they do move on from him uh but i think you know to recreate that defense that they had 
that got him to the Super Bowl to begin with. Uh, I don't know that you put you 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 write off Sauce Gardner in this spot either. Yeah, Stigley's been linked to them, so if he's not off there, I'm pretty sure he'll be gone at that point. So you don't have to worry about Minnesota getting them to twelve. All right, guys, number ten here, and then we're gonna take a quick break to hear from our sponsor. All right, or I'm sorry, our advertiser. There you go. Number 10 here with the Jets again, Ahmad Sauce Gardner going in the cornerback of the 10 spot. Guys, before I let you get too far into this one, if he's available, sure, I imagine that that's like the pick for best available, you know, player. But it seems hard for me to believe that the Jets don't go wide receiver here. You know, they were in, they, they made – Big play uh, for Tyreek Hill that didn't work out, right? They clearly need to fill that position. They've got two picks in the top 10, and they've already, you know, it just seems to be like they might be better served at wide receiver here as opposed to cornerback. Richie, I, what do you think? I think what they do at four is going to dictate what they do at 10. Yeah, you know, it, it, if they go defense at four, I, I'm with you. I think they go offense at 10. Uh, if they surprise us and go offense at four, then I think they go defense at 10. I mean, and the, the Jets are the Jets are in a position where they have to add the best player available because they are so depleted. Right. They got their quarterback. Uh, they they have a left tackle with some ability in Becton who can't stay healthy. Um, I do think they got themselves a good running back in Michael Carter, uh, but that's three of 11. I mean, wh- what other eight guys are you going to walk out there? And, you know, defensively, they have some pieces. Um, Quincy Williams is, is pretty good. Uh, but again, you just, they, they don't have a lot. And, they, and the only way you get better is by adding the best player available. Uh, and they added a lot in free agency. They spent a lot of money to get some guys in there, but they, they have to hit on this. And so if they go offense at four, they'll go defense at 10. If they go defense at four, they go offense. But yeah, this could be, this could be a second receiver spot um, after Atlanta. Yeah. I think this is probably where Garrett Wilson goes more more than likely. Um, Especially when you think of like how aggressive in some of the rumors about like Debo, going to possibly to New York. So just think of Debo, you know, across from, from Wilson. I think that, that that's kind of the direction that they're trying to go. Um, so, yeah, I think they go wide receiver. On the other, you know, if they, if they, like you said, maybe if they went at a quarterback position, maybe they'll go after like a Trent McDuffie at that point. Um, but, yeah, I see a wide receiver. All right, fellas. Well, that wraps up our review of Sports Illustrated's top 10 picks. You get to hear what we think some of ours are going to be, where the chips are going to fall. Right now, we're going to hear, we're take a quick advertising break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to ES3N, the Essential Sports Network, hosted by three essential workers. We just finished going over Sports Illustrated's top 10 draft preview and giving you our take on who we think is going to go in the top 10. Fellas, I'm going to hit you with a couple of questions here that will just kind of be the topic of conversation moving forward here. I'm going to hit you with the first one. 
who will be the best overall player from this draft? You know, that's, that's a tough question because like you look at the top of the draft, right. And, and you keep hearing us kind of say the same thing. Like there's no, we don't know what's going to happen. And it's because there's like this, there's, there's no certainty of, and it could just be for the sole fact that there's no quarterback this year that that's up there. And so it's kind of left us all wondering like, Oh, so this is what the NFL draft was like before we became a high tempo spread, throw the ball 50 times a game league when we were all, you know, younger watching the draft and positions like running back, we're still going in the top five, you know? Um, and, and so it'll be interesting to see, you know, you talk about best overall player and there's the wide receiver class is really good. And I don't know that you'd be wrong to pick any of those guys. I don't know that you'd be wrong to pick one of the top two corners with Stingley and Sauce Gardner, but there's a name that I want to throw out as potentially will have longevity because he's a complete player. He's getting a lot of buzz here of late, possibly sneaking into that first round. Uh, went to the same school as my main man, David Montgomery, uh, Bryce, Brees Hall. Uh, the running back from Iowa State has been getting a lot of steam only because uh, the experts don't like to put running back in the first round. Uh, but he's a he's a complete player. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He blocks. He runs it well. Um, I think he's got a chance to stick around for a long time and and be you know a twelve thousand yard back if if given the chance. All right, Al. That brings us to you, man. All right. Call me a little biased, but I don't care. Um, one of the people that I've talked about in the past that I think is probably going to be pretty good in the first round is drum roll, Traylon Burks. And I say this because I believe that the Packers. Hey, hey, let's put it this way: Mercurio will both be clapping if that's the case. All right. Well, I just when when I think of Burks, I think of I think of the route running potential, and I think of, of, of his potential to play um, many different you know different parts on the field, whether it's uh, inside slot, whether it's on the outside. And I think once you line him up and put him beside, you know, put him in front of someone like Mr. A. Rod, you know that that brings. It makes you step up a couple levels, man. And I, I would be surprised if it would be someone like Burks or one of those wide receivers maybe in the later first round that will be, you know, pretty amazing. Probably reminiscent <laughs> of uh, what's what's our guy in Minnesota? Justin Jefferson. Justin he, Jefferson. He, he's not that. Sorry. <laughs> he ain't – he's – Justin Jefferson to, was, was uh, uh, I mean, let's just put it this way. Although, like, the Eagles are just they, – they're committing suicide for picking Jalen Ragor over Justin Jefferson. Um, but to stick with that position, though, the interesting one that's going to determine a lot of things is going to be uh, Jameson Williams, uh, who tore his ACL in the national championship game. Uh, he isn't running yet, uh, but there's a lot of talk of him still – he, he would have been the first receiver taken. Uh, possibly a top five pick. He's that, he's that special. Uh, he stretches the field. Uh, he can run every route. He, he's a true, he, he would be who I would have compared to Justin Jefferson had he have stayed healthy. Uh, 
he just has that natural ability. But they're talking about right now, the hottest thing that I've seen is the Chiefs trading up for him because they think the Chiefs are a team that are good that is good enough right now to be able to win without a first round pick uh, because you don't know how long he's going to be out, how much time he's going to miss. And so uh, he's probably going to fall a little bit. A team that will take him is a team that can afford to sit him. Um, but he's a guy, he's the guy to watch out for. I mean, when you talk about a top level talent reaching their potential, he's, he's the guy, I mean, he's, he's got the chance to be the best player in the, in this class. All right, guys, that brings me to my next question. Cause you guys get getting a little ahead of it here, but who will be the biggest bust in this year's draft? I'd hate to say it. I've got, I'm going to give you guys mine first. All right. And that's the guy who you keep thinking is going to go second overall there. Trevon Walker, man. I he's, he's got that, that Gary feel to me, Richie. And I basing it solely on that. I'm basing it solely on that. I would love that he come and make me eat those words. I really do. I hope that he has a long and successful career, but I don't trust guys who don't, show up on the field you know you you could be a beast in the gym all you want maybe it's that mentality if it's not the size of the dog in the fight but you know type of deal but the size you know but the size of fighting the dog type thing i i don't know i just i feel like he's shot up he's just that he's he's that player that caught fire in the draft and is riding it high and up the ladder i don't know that i don't know that he's a top 10 player in the draft for me. I don't know that he's going to make it work. I think, I think there's a lot of potential for things to collapse around them. What about you? Where's your, who's your, who do you think is the big, who will be the biggest bust in this year's draft? I, I think for me, the, there's a couple positions that are really hard to transition to the NFL. And some of those positions are even harder to transition when you play at a level that from a fan perspective, you would say doesn't necessarily have, it's not the highest level of competition. Um, When you look at this offensive line group, there are a lot of good guys in it. And I'm with you, Chris. I, I really hope this guy makes it because he has all the tools. He has the size. He has what you look for, the mean streak, the nastiness. Um, But Trevor Penning, is, is a name that's getting a lot of mid first round buzz um, because he's big and nasty. Uh, but coming out of the Northern Iowa, you just, you, 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 won't, you don't know. Um, and that's the biggest thing. When you take some of these small school guys, you could end up with Eric Fisher, who's been in the league 10 years, but has primarily been, eh, or you can get Antonio Brown from the same school who, was at one point a surefire Hall of Fame tier one all-time receiver. Uh, and, and, and that can go either way, you know. And so Penning is one of those guys that, like, I think if they hit on him, like, he's going to be really, really good. And, and as you said, we hope that all these guys turn out. But the realization is, is right. it, it may, it's, it's not going to. And, and he's one of those guys that I could kind of see faltering and just not really – transitioning to the speed of the game at the next level and due to his um, nastiness getting a lot of holding penalties getting some 
extracurricular stuff as an offensive lineman compared to, as we talked about these, these defensive end and outside linebackers that are just getting more and more athletic and these big guys having to block them. Yeah, man, I think kind of like what you were saying is it's really about the position and the transition, transitioning from college with this position with myself and I'm going to look at the quarterback and I'm going to say, it depends on, first of all, I'll say Kenny Pickett. Um, and it, depends on, where, said, it yeah. depends on where he goes. Um, I feel as if, like, if, if, if a team like Carolina gets uh, Pickett, and, you know, they, they feel like they're I, – I feel that implies that Donald isn't their guy because they're, they're looking at the more what, what's been viewed ready quarterback. Yeah. And I feel as if uh, Malik is more of a project and will give, you know, that security of what you talked about with coach. Um, but if a player like Kenny Piggy goes somewhere like Carolina, and let's just say Donald just is sucking up, is fucking up the first six or seven games and try to throw him in there, I think that could be something that could be, I don't think that that's a, a good mix, man. I think that he's going to have to be someone that you're going to have to also um, let kind of sit behind a year for someone too. Um, I don't know if any of these quarterbacks are, are yeah. you know, prepared to go right into the league and start. So, Well, and two, I mean, you look at, as you talk about the quarterbacks, what's going to be crazy too is because they keep not at number two, but at number 32, they keep talking about the possibility of Detroit also taking one of these quarterbacks um, and the idea that they don't necessarily believe that golf is their guy. And so, you, you know, as we, we've talked about um, Kenny Pickett. We've talked about uh, Malik Willis. But when you look at some of these other names of quarterbacks, you think about Lamar Jackson, who went 31 when the Ravens traded back into the first round to get, to get who they thought was their guy. You know, Derek Carr went 33 um, to, to the Raiders. You know, he, that year they believed there was no quarterback worth picking in the first round. I think a lot of teams would probably go back and reconsider possibly taking Derek Carr in the first round um, his year, you know, but we look at that background and unfortunately for these guys, there are going to be 32 players who are going to be expected to come in and earn a job. And the realization is that one of these quarterbacks could, could truly end up in Detroit. If Detroit gets who they believe is the best player, whether that's Walker, Hutchinson, Thibodeau, whoever it is they believe is, is their top guy at number two, they could take a chance on a Matt Carroll. They could take a chance on, you know, one of these other quarterbacks, uh, a Sam Howell, who people aren't really talking about, but could sneak in there. And that's going to give you, that's the difference between that four-year contract and that five years of guaranteed money. And, and that's what people look at. They're going to want to see those quarterbacks, like you talked about with Pickett, possibly going at six. Oh, the pressure is going to be huge, especially if Darnold doesn't, you know, play well. People are going to be clamoring. He's the quarterback. You took him six. You got to play him. That was, you know, everything that Chicago people were saying with Fields. And I, I think they did the right thing, trying to sit Fields as long as they could. But, you know, Matt, and they'd fuck up a wet dream. Definitely, I, if, they, I, uh, if they have I froze there, up, but 
I don't know if you heard what I said about uh, <laughs> Matt Nagy fucking up one dream. Yes. Yeah. We absolutely caught that. We all knew you were talking about Matt Nagy. <laughs> all right, guys. That brings me to my next question. And these next three are going to go. You, if you kind of see where I'll go with this here. All right. Um, will this draft break the record for most wide receivers taken in the first round? Mind you that the record right now is in 2004 seven. where they took seven. That Richie with the draft knowledge again, baby. So you guys think that they take more than seven, that more than seven wide receivers get taken in this round. And the silence hits. Nah, I was waiting for Marquillo yeah. to, Marquillo yeah. was showing us his dinner. I was waiting to see him <laughs> offer himself. Delicious too. <laughs> I was waiting for him to offer, but I mean, I just. <laughs> it is delicious, man. Some... I mean, he was over there, you know, so I yes, just sir. figured I'd let him. <laughs> All yeah, right, I, think, Richie. I think this, this is this is definitely the, the, the draft where you are. It's wide receiver rich. So it, it just depends when those wide receivers start coming off. They start coming off eight or nine. Yeah, definitely. There'll, there'll be at least eight eight wide receivers chosen and it'll break this it'll be the second record that's broken because this is the first draft where you have eight teams that has at least two picks in the first round so it only makes sense yeah and and to stick with that i i think they at least tie uh i think you'll see at least seven uh i happen to have uh, a list up of what's considered the top 365 prospects in this year's class. Uh, Mark Helio, you named a number of these guys already. I mean, I think we both, where we can all agree, Garrett Wilson is a lock for the first round. Jamison Williams will go the first round. Drake London will go in the first round. That's three. Uh, we still have Chris Olave. Uh, that's four. You look at Traylon Burks is five. Jahan Dotson from Penn State um, as, as six. And then you get into some of these other guys that they're talking about possibly sneaking in with a Sky Moore, a George Pickens, Christian Watson. You know, some of these guys could could move up solely for the fact that you look at these deals that wide receivers are signing, and it, and it's and you would rather get that fifth year option um, drafting them in the first round compared to them uh, overperforming their second or third round pick. You know. Uh, when you look at like the money Devontae Adams got, right? Devontae Adams is a second round pick and you end up drafting a guy who turns into that. You want to have that fifth year. You don't want to have to pay him after four because now you're, you're, you're going to create more uh, cap issues than maybe what you, you had planned out. Um, and so I think you'll see some of these guys, these lesser named guys kind of sneak into the back half there. Um, and potentially tie this thing at seven or eight. We get a new record and we see eight. All right, fellas. So that brings me to my follow-up question here. Does Green Bay finally draft a first round wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers? Yes. Hell yeah. For the love of fucking God. Here's my follow-up to the follow-up, all right? Do the Packers move up to take that pick? That's it depends. Yeah, it, it does. It depends on who goes where. Right. So this is kind of where I was talking about with Jamison Williams. Um, it would, in my mind, it would suck if the Packers were able to get him because I think he's going to be an elite level talent. 
and I would hate I, I don't want to see him twice a year I, I he's that good and, and I think he can have that type of a career but I don't also don't think that Green Bay right now has the depth chart had they been able to keep Adams I think you can trade up and take Jamison Williams the fact that basically everybody's gone Scantling's gone and and Adams is gone um St. Brown he, who wasn't shit decided he wanted to bring his not being shit to Chicago <laughs> God. but anyway um with Alan Lazard as your top guy I don't know that they can I don't know that that's feasible right now I don't know that they can wait for Jamison Williams to get healthy um so I don't know that they would be in on that so I think it depends on someone like you know Drake London did he show the ability to be healthy is he gonna fall that's somebody Green Bay could go get does Garrett Wilson for whatever reason slip a few spots I think that's someone that Green Bay could go get. I think Chris Olave, his ability to, to stretch the field deep, his ability to, to just create touchdowns would be appealing to Green Bay. Um, I do think somebody like what Markelio said with Traylon Burks, I don't know that they would have to trade up to get someone like him. Um, I, I, you know, there's been a lot of talk of Jahan Dotson uh, from Penn State being, being available for the Packers. He's more of a slot guy. Uh, but he can do both and they think he could be that immediate impact player uh, on the inside for Aaron Rodgers because Rodgers does like the quick throws, the quick throw, get the ball out, get it to a guy in space, let him do his work. Um, Rodgers hasn't shown the, cons- or the other a Rodgers hasn't shown um, that consistency that they thought they were going to get out of him uh, his first year in the league. He's got some room to grow. Um, but Dotson is that proven guy. And so it'll be interesting to see, uh, this morning, I actually read an article that had them linked to, uh, Christian Watson from North Dakota state. Who's a big, fast, uh, receiver. He's about six, four. Um, he, he runs well. And so again, kind of what I talked about with penning, you, you don't know, right. When you play at the FCS level, North Dakota, North Dakota states put guys in the NFL. A lot of guys have had successful careers from that level. That's not to say that they can't do it. Um, but again, the, the, the hardest part of the game when guys go from high school to playing in college, from playing in college to playing in the pros, is the speed of the game. And, and that's, where you, that's where you come into some of the concerns about, you know, especially a rookie ride receiver coming in and playing with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers makes a lot of checks at the line of scrimmage. Aaron Rodgers will change things up in a heartbeat. And so how quickly can someone pick up on the offense, pick up on the changes? And as you guys know, Aaron Rodgers has decided he is not going to come to the workouts. He's instead going to go golfing with Tom Brady and compete against Pat Mahomes and uh, Josh Allen instead. And so, you know, how much about how much valuable reps do you lose? And so it'll be interesting to see kind of hand how they handle that situation. As both of you know, Green Bay has not typically been a team that will trade up. Um, they obviously did for Jordan Love. Unless you want a quarterback, yeah. Right. But, it, I mean, it, it, it's – they have to. I mean, they have to. I, if, if they don't take a wide receiver in the first <laughs> round, man, like – Oh, we're going to riot. No, I was no going to say, like – here, here's me, here, I've, I've got my – Ready. Here's, okay. here's what I they feel. Will. We the first if, I would love if we, if we right. come back, me too. If, if we fly home on Sunday, 
and there's no and Green Bay did not select a wide receiver in the first round. School will be closed all of next week. So Green Bay, do us all a favor and don't draft a wide receiver because I'd like another week of vacation. And on that note, we all know never to listen to the Bears fan. <laughs> all right. We, we felt that. That was out of spite. You didn't have to go there. Solo. No one, you know Solo. what? We had an entire show where I didn't mention or take a shot at the Bears once. And this is how you repay me. <laughs> on that note, folks, we want to thank you for tuning in. If you haven't yet, please hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Hell, even send it to a friend. All right. From all of us here at ES3N, you guys have a great night. Peace. Walk you lazy, kill blacks.